From the Metropolitan Opera to the Pulpit, Jubilant Sykes sings about Jesus with a rich baritone that resonates in our hearts and souls. I met up with him at his home in Southern California, Greater Los Angeles, leading up to Easter in 2006. At the time, he lived just down the street from Whoopi Goldberg's house, and the view of the famous canals of Venice were just out his back window. And as we sat together, I enjoyed our discussion about the importance of sacred music in spirituals and in hymns, especially in the context of Christ's death and resurrection. Thank you for joining me for a special Easter episode of the Great Stories Podcast. This is episode number 75. So we wanted to share with you something really special. That's why we dove deep into our archives for today's interview. And I think it's safe to say, and I think it's safe to say most of you have not heard this inspiring conversation. So now as we prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, I'd like you to meet Jubilant Sykes. We're at a home in Los Angeles, California, and sitting across from me is uh, my brother in Christ, Jubilant Sykes, a metropolitan opera singer, but uh, West Coast style. Jubilant, (laughs) welcome back to the program. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. It is so good to have you back on Easter week with Mm. us. Mm. Last time you were on with uh, Christopher Parkening, your good friend. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you guys are doing uh, concerts all over the We're place now. We're having a now. great time. We're just um, really just, and I love him as a friend and a brother. And of course, his musicianship is, you know, there's no one like him. We're having a great time. Since when does a metropolitan opera singer and <laughs> a world-famous classical guitarist both believe in Jesus mm. and even do concerts together? That's mm. kind of unusual, isn't it? It is. We met um, years ago at um, a church out here in Southern California, Grace Community Church. And I knew who he was, of course. I mean, I knew of him mm-hmm. when I was in college. And mm-hmm. He was performing all over the place. And I came in church late one morning and I see this guy. He's playing. And I'm like, boy, that sounds like Christopher Parkney. <laughs> and I thought oh, it was him. And um, I, you know, I was, did, did you even know he had become a Christian no, at knew, that point? No, knew nothing about him at all. Just mm-hmm. knew of his playing. Mm-hmm. So maybe a month or two later, I sang at the same church, and I'm walking to my car in the parking lot, and he comes up, and he said, uh, excuse me, Jubilant. And I said, oh, my gosh, Mr. Parkening. He said, oh, call me Chris. You know, And we just had this great friendship. It was, You know how you meet someone, and you just hit it off. It's like there's this thing that happens between the two mm-hmm. of you. And we were instantly bonded as brothers in Christ. We sat in the car and talked for like till night or something. It was sure. ridiculous. It's kind of amazing when a Christian finds another Christian in a setting and in a world where there aren't too many Christians. I know. I know. It's I know. it's uh, it really makes you feel good, doesn't it? It is like breathing. It's like drinking water after being out on the desert for a long time. He was a just a great great man. And then we started performing together. We had different agents at the time, and they said, "Let's try this." And it was going to be a one performance date. Well, the reviews are so great. and it's sold out. It's, yeah, and it's been going on for years now. That's great. Yeah. Jubilant Sykes is with us here on Haven Today. And Jubilant, it's Easter week. That's why I wanted to have you on. But um, you have found your way into seeing spirituals. And uh, uh, why is it that spirituals seem to minister to us 
so much. I, I think there are many, many reasons for it. I think the simplicity, just musically, of that vocal line, it's just so sweet and sublime. The lyrics, for the most part, are just really sound biblically. Mm-hmm. That, just alone, just the simplicity of that, the chordal changes underneath. And then I think they were born out of such pain and strife and anxiety. And I think out of pain, out of deep pain, I think there comes the most uh, anointing of God and, and his blessing, his His mercies, his grace, his pardon. And I think, you know, it's kind of like the diamond scenario. You know, it's crushed under all mm-hmm. of this pressure. Mm-hmm. comes something glorious. And I think the spiritual came out of that for me. And again, you know, of course, it's historically and culturally my past. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think alone, it just stands. It just stands as art. It stands mm-hmm. as refinement of, of the highest degree to me. A little later on, I want to get you to talk about your faith and how you met Jesus. But I'm remembering, and back to what we talked about a moment ago, you live in a world that does a lot of sacred music, Mm. but yet it's a world that doesn't know Christ. Mm. The music's there. The lyrics are there. Mm. Remember that story that you told me about what happened in Baltimore some years ago? Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure. Um, I was asked to do a concert with... uh, Baltimore Symphony it was a great, it's a wonderful orchestra, by the way. Yes. And um, I was doing, I think, a classical set on the first half, and the second half, after intermission, I was going to do a couple of spirituals. And uh, one of the spirituals was, Were You There? And during rehearsal, uh, after the rehearsal was over, you know, there was this kind of buzz, <laughs> you know, and I go to my dressing room, and um, one of the administrators, they come in and they say, Hey, look, you know, the orchestra's really having problems with. Uh, not all of the members, but a couple of members in the orchestra are really having problems with the lyrics on this piece called Were You There? And uh, Were they wanting you to change the lyrics? They wanted me to change the lyrics and or not to do the piece. Okay. And uh, so I was kind of dumbfounded that's just never happened before. So the conductor walks in, of course, and they had, they had alerted him that there were a couple of members of the orchestra that mm-hmm. were having trouble. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, you've invited him, meaning me, as an artist, and uh, you knew the program well in advance. We will not change anything, you know. And the conductor wasn't a He's believer. He's not a believer at all. And then the president of the organization actually came to my room, uh, uh, and they said, look, Mr. Sykes, we'll do whatever you want, but here's the issue. We don't want to cause trouble with our patrons and or the orchestra, and I told him, I said, listen, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve the music and the orchestra in this capacity that you've invited me. I'll leave it to you. And I gave him an example. I said, if Jesse Norman were singing or Kathleen Battle were singing mm-hmm. and they were singing this piece, would you ask them not to perform it? And they said, well, no, we wouldn't, but you're, you know, you're just starting out here. And we, <laughs> then I said, by that alone, I think you There's can't, your answer. You cannot ask me not to sing it. So they said, listen, you go back to your hotel. We'll call you and we decide the lay of the land. So they call me and they said, we're sorry for this. You know, we don't want to throw anything. You know, now I'm back in my hotel room, you know, biting no, my nails going, Lord, what it. should I do? You know, and they said, hey, look, do the piece and we will we will take full responsibility for it. Mm, mm. So, of course, by the time you're, the concert's going to the end and, you know, I get up and I sing this piece. It was the last piece on the program. The audience went ballistic. 
They mm-hmm. stood to their feet. Actually, before I was completely done with the piece, which is that does not happen a lot. And, wow. And the orchestra members, I don't know who they were, but a couple came to my dressing room and they said, listen, we know what happened and we are so apologetic. And I was rebooked uh, that from that night to go back to Baltimore Symphony. So it wow. ended up being wow. a great, great time. But I, I also want to address this one issue you talked about. Um, in classical music, there are a lot, you know, you have Bach, Mozart, Brahms, they have all these great... Um, sacred pieces but why do people not believe or why Mm -hmm. is it falling on deaf ears i have this theory and this is totally mine and you can take it or leave it you know god was a creator you know in the beginning god created Mm -hmm. and he has given to me and others like me an ability to create and i feel like the arts community has gone bonkers because you're you're given this treasure this ability to be quote unquote like God mm-hmm. and you look in Romans when it says you know they have become like gods and mm-hmm. they've dishonored God and I think that is the crux or the curse we're creating beautiful music or dance or theater by a great God he's given us this ability but I think somehow there's a glitch in the hard drive. and It's we, been twisted. We take yes. it on that we are creating. And the instrument is of your creation, exactly. Uh, wh- exactly. which is what a, a vocalist with exactly. a wonderful voice exactly. is described exactly. as. Exactly. Or a violinist playing a beautiful Bach Chaconne uh, or something, and he's going, this is mine. I am, I am giving this life. And I think it becomes warped. And I think that's why you have a lot of distortion in lifestyles, emotionally, mentally, because we we don't know in from out anymore. We're just caught up in thinking that it is us. Mm. So Jubilant Sykes is our guest here on Haven Today. And uh, I think we should hear what that audience heard in Baltimore. <laughs> Were you there? Jubilant Sykes, and uh, and certainly a, a wonderful voice, but thank you for sharing this Easter week. Mm. Were you there? It's uh, my blessed opportunity and privilege. Thank you. I uh, have been carrying that song around on my iPod and in my computer for some time now, <laughs> along with uh, other songs that you have on this album called Jubilant. We'll tell people about that in a little bit. Uh, you're a Southern California boy. Let's mm-hmm. talk about how you came to Jesus. Mm. Uh you were brought up around the faith, mm-hmm. but at some point, the faith in Jesus became your faith. Um, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, and we went to church regularly. Um, I was a good kid. Mm-hmm. I was a good kid. That I did, can be very dangerous. I, w- I did <laughs> what I was told. I was very shy and quiet, and I, I think I probably still am, except for my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and music was an escape for me. Um, 
music was a way of hiding uh, a lot of emotions and and things that I didn't understand about myself, things I didn't understand about the world around me, things I didn't understand about friends and relatives. When I got to college, and let me just throw in here, you didn't have any desire when you were three years old to be a Metropolitan no, Opera singer. No, are you kidding me? I didn't see my, I saw my first opera when I was in college. The Met thing came about really in a roundabout way. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time, or the wrong place at the right time, depending on <laughs> how you look at it. But no, that was not something I've ever wanted to do. And opera still is, I mean, I enjoy it, but that's not my passion. But the Christ, I remember someone coming up to me, um, and he said to me, jubilant, uh, are you a Christian? And he asked me because I, I did this recital. I was a freshman and I was on honors. That's a big thing. A big deal. Big sure. Deal. As a freshman. And, and uh, I said, yeah. And he asked me because I did a spiritual. I just threw it in. It was kind of like, you know, as an African-American student, I did the Schubert and Schumann. I did these Mozart arias and then I closed with the spiritual. And it's kind of <laughs> And I said, oh, yeah. And he goes, oh, why don't you come to a Bible study? So he invited me to this Bible study. And, you know, he was an upperclassman. And he was also in the music department. I was like, wow, you know, I was taking an interest in lowly me. And I heard the gospel. What I heard, what I heard was God loved me in spite of myself and that there was a reason for pain. That's all I heard that evening. Mm -hmm. And the light went on. I remember going back to my dorm. And I was afraid to ask Christ into my life. You know, they gave the whole spiel, like accepting mm -hmm. me. I go, what does that mean? But accepting. somehow you knew you needed this. I knew I needed it. I knew I needed it because externally I was a good kid. Right. But I knew inwardly I was a wreck. Mm -hmm. I, and I think most kids, you know, I was naive and innocent about life, but I knew I was perverted. I knew I was mm -hmm. confused. Mm -hmm. I knew... Um, that just because I did my homework and just because I answered properly, I knew I was rebellious. But I didn't want to get in trouble. I was a chicken. I was a chicken. So I told the line. So I confronted God and I said, Lord, what is this? Why is there such a discrepancy of what I believe externally and my heart inside? How come my heart doesn't measure up to my actions? Um, that was really intense for me. And I remember really weeping, weeping before him and saying, if you are really real, please come in and show me how to measure up my heart with my external beliefs and my actions. And that was the start. That was the start. And I said this simple prayer, very pathetically but with a lot of tears <laughs> Don't we all? and you know i thought why was my name jubilant i shouldn't my name should have been mel for like melancholy i mean you know and um from that point on i just remember looking at life differently i started to understand that jesus christ understood pain mm. Mm. and i could relate to that and that jesus christ longed for intimacy with me that I couldn't understand but there was a passage that's now I think I you know every day it changes what's my favorite verse right it was John 17 I think 20 20 20 through 21 or 23 that they might be one as we are one that mm -hmm. they might be in me and I in them and them in us and that Jesus, that would you know just Jesus go, was praying that yeah, for you for me and I thought yes. how intimate can you be how close can he long to be that close to me? Mm -hmm. 
And that just, you know, I'm a romantic at heart. You know, you have to ask my wife. I'm just like hook, line, and sinker. But you can't get any closer to anyone than that. And, and, and it's incredible and that, that that verse would come to you and mean so much. Uh, here it is, Easter week. He prayed that just before going to the cross to die for you and me. I know. And I'd heard that. And then it came back to me recently. Just recently, I was with my wife and we were talking about uh, a friend of ours is very ill, a girl that we love immensely. and But we have great faith that God is going to restore and we're just trusting all of that. But we're talking about life and love and pain. And it hit me about my love for my wife mm. and the thought of her giving herself to me so completely. And I thought, that is intimacy. And we were saying, Cece and I were saying, that doesn't even come close to what God has for me and her individually and in paradise, what he has in store for those who love him. And I long, I think the greatest things in my life are my relationships with my friends and my family. It's that mm -hmm. thing where it's, you meet and you meet with someone and no one is around and you're touching something that you're going, you too, you felt that way too, or you've had that, uh, that is me. That is like, uh, and that verse or those verses mm -hmm. that they might be one in us. I in them and they in us. I mean, it's how close can you be? That's humanly, you can't get any closer than that. Mm. And that has just wowed me. And I think that's why I sing. It's There's this pain of angst of wanting the world to know not a political Jesus Christ, not a Republican Jesus Christ, not a Democrat, not an independent, <laughs> but Jesus Christ and him alone and what that means. The pain of life, the joys of life, the monotony of life. Mm. And... Uh, that is my longing. It's it's where words fail. It's in between those notes. It's between the rests. It's between the foreign languages. It's it's the passion of knowing that Jesus Christ understands me and my loneliness and desires intimacy with me. I think we have time for it. Those lyrics of At the Cross... Mm are so relevant here, so we better listen to Jubilant Sykes and At the Cross. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? And the burden of my heart rolled away It was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day Was it for crimes that I have done He groaned upon the tree Amazing And love beyond degree At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw the light And the burden of my heart rolled away 
it was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day A perfect Easter week song at the cross. Another powerful spiritual sung by Jubilant Sykes. I did this interview with him back in 2006, just before Easter. When we were together, we talked about the most well-known spiritual of all time, Deep River. I asked him why this song touched his soul. Deep River, again, it goes back just historically, slave escaping or running away or trying to get away. So there was a body of water and the slaves were actually having to traverse through this water. And they were trying to get away from the brutality of this particular slave owner. Mm-hmm. Deep River came out of that, like, I want to cross over into Jordan. Jordan was basically any place but here. It's, mm-hmm. it's got to be better than this. Mm-hmm. I heard um, the great um, William Warfield sing this. I also heard a recording of... Paul Robeson oh, yes. sang this. Yes, from just, Philadelphia. Yes, and just a great uh, spiritual of, of hope that there is better life other than this planet we call Earth. Now, let me just ask you this. This is a song born out of slavery, but it has such spiritual implications oh. for all of us. Where we are in our lives today, we all need this crossing over into the mm. promised land. Mm. The land that flows with mm-hmm. milk and honey, but mm-hmm. it's it's the land where God prepared for us. As I, I think said earlier, that life sometimes has incredible pain, mm-hmm. and we all long to escape either by golfing or going to a good Bible study, or just mm-hmm. sometimes not mm-hmm. facing what's before us. And this piece again, it's it speaks out of that longing for there is there has to be something better. There has to be something grander and wider and purpose. And this spiritual, I think, um, really, probably more than others, speaks to the heart of most men and women about wanting to be someplace else and finding hope. Mm. Deep Oh, 
We're in the home of uh, Jubilant Sykes here in Los Angeles, California, and that, of course, was his singing. Jubilant, um, before we go, I, I was praying before coming to see you today that, that someone would understand the meaning of the cross, the impact of the cross more mm. as a result of our being together and a mm. result of your music as mm. well. Would you mind praying for that person mm. who's listening right now mm. who really wants to meet Jesus mm. at the cross this Easter week? Absolutely. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the privilege uh, that we can know you through your son, Jesus Christ, uh, who came to earth to die for us, to bring us to intimacy with the living God. Father, I just pray for everyone and for anyone that is listening that they might understand that they are loved by God, that God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that with whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Father, I just pray for that person that they might receive you by faith, faith and trusting that your word is true and it has never failed and it will never fail I ask you to bless us that our believers that are here that are moving on towards you that you would encourage us by the power of your Holy Spirit to keep working for you whatever our fields may be whether it be in the arts or, or teaching or whatever it might be that we might live as it were our last breath we give our lives to you, Lord, and we ask you to continually allow us to see the cross and to see what it cost you, the pain of life and death summed up in eternity, uh, that it allowed us the freedom and the blessed hope of being with you in paradise. We ask these blessings in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I also want to thank Jubilant Sykes for having this conversation with me in his home 16 years ago. Visit our blog at haventoday.org to hear him perform some of the songs mentioned in this episode, like Were You There, Deep River, and Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. For more conversations like this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Charles Morris